So you are doing some research here. Yeah, so uh, Cam the intern. Got oh, his own, own podcast. Got his own podcast. But it looks good. Looks good. Logos, good Maybe graphics. Maybe it sounds good, too. Oh, Cam. Hardworking kid. Cam? Yeah. Every day that kid's stock goes up a little Doesn't bit. A little it? bit. Brian Hurtry on the way. It's good off the backboard and in. I'm sorry. What a take by Ducker. Jones, another steal. Spin on Caldwell and the layup's good. I would like to see you hold a mirror up to yourself and interview yourself. As good as this was, it could only be better if it was all you. Tuning in, I was a fan. I was like, man, let's do it. Cam, thanks so much for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Joined today for the first time, Cam Isamone. Gallagher's going to have to shoot it from beyond the arc. And it's good. Jacobs for three. He got it! My goodness, what a shooting performance by I think Cam's Corner is great. Tune in to Cam's Corner. This kid's going to make it. He's going to make it here. All right, and we are back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Cam's Corner. Today joining me, another Rhode Island native like myself. I always love talking with guys that are from where I'm from. Uh, he's currently entering this year's NFL draft and was a former defensive back at Merrimack. Also attended Bishop Hendrickson High School, Anthony Witherstone. Anthony, thank you for taking the time and joining me, man. My pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. And uh, I always ask people right off the bat, is this your is this your podcast debut? Uh, yeah, this is my podcast debut. I've done like media interviews for like my team and Northeast Conference and stuff like that. But in terms of a podcast, yeah, it's my first one. Let's go. Happy to happy to be the first man. Um, and I would start the podcast as well, asking people and players, coaches, whoever that is, uh, you know, where they found that passion and that love for what they do. You know, obviously, you know, knowing that you're from Warwick, Rhode Island, uh, being as close as Tom and Nick as you are, like my boys from back home as well. Um, you know, I've seen a few like your games earlier in your career, but, you know, just dating back to like that young childhood, you know, when when did the game of football get introduced to you and how did you find a love for it? Um, I started playing football around five years old. He's a big Pats fan. And so is my mom. Um, they're actually not from the United States, so it's something new to them. That's I feel like that's something that they introduced to me at a young age and they really loved it. So um, they had me in flag football for work, pal Patriots. I played it started at five years old, um, scored that first touchdown on like a little double reverse playing flag football, high seven in the end zone. And ever since I got that feeling, I just love football and had like had an obsession for it and want to keep on playing. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, what could you tell from an early age, you know, what your game was evolving to, you know, what positions were you gravitating towards and, you know, what, uh, aspects of your game that you seem like you were like better at yeah um I, I want to be a running back I played running back my whole life um I want to be like Reggie Bush Adrian Peterson all those guys growing up um I'd watch all those highlights and just want to get in the end zone and make be a playmaker so um those guys basically have the biggest influence at a young age because I want to be like those guys on tv and all that so um yeah that's where I found that passion yeah, and, and before heading into high school, you know, what was that like that transition process like? Because I know you said you wanted to be a running back, and obviously, of course, you know, you played defense most of your career. But you know, um, again, I'm sure it involved a lot of camps, you know, at the middle school level and things like that. But um, you know, how did you decide on Hendrickson, and how did that you know process go from from there? Uh, so in middle school, I actually moved to North Providence over to my dad, and um, I played for the North Providence Jets for two years. Um, had some success there. Uh, played with some great players, great teammates, and it was the coaches there that pushed me to play at Hendrickson. Um, I ended up going to a, a private middle school at St. Thomas Regional um, in Providence, right near Rhode Island College, uh, North Providence, Providence Line. Um, and Paul Denise, he's a, he's like, he was a financial director at uh, Hendrickson at the time. And I remember he came in uh, my eighth grade year for the little open house and showed us everything about Hendrickson. And he put on a video of um, Will Blackman and he was on the Packers and he showed us a a video of him scoring a pun return on a touchdown. And I was like, I went up to him right after that. I was like, I want to go to Hendrickson. I want to play football and um, I want to be like that guy up there. So 
Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's definitely like something like inspiring to look at, you know, in eighth grade coming in as a freshman and, you know, kind of segue into my next question about like the difference in like the style of play, like, you know, from that middle school level into your freshman year, like what did you see your freshman year that you didn't in the past? And like, how did you adjust to, you know, the positions? Like, what did you start at? Were you always a running back? Were you defense? Like how, how did that first year go? Uh, the first year was pretty good. I, I learned very quickly that it's a whole bunch of athletes in Rhode Island that are just as good as me. I mean, um, I, I wanted to be running back and then I came in, I saw Quiddy Pay was right there. So he got that starting job. And then also um, a fellow player of mine at Merrimack and Hendrickson, Matt Detondo, he was playing running back as well. Um, so it was like a little rotation there, but I, I fell towards, fell towards like a two and a three. Um, I wasn't discouraged by that because then I, I knew I could play defensive back as well. So as freshman football, I was just mainly a corner playing um cornerback on on defensive side of the ball and then doing some little returns on special teams. So um, that's where I first started playing corner, like all throughout high school, basically. I didn't really play that much um, on the offensive side of the ball, a little bit of slot growing up in junior and senior year, but mainly uh, freshman years when I just honed in on playing cornerback. Yeah. And you talk about Quiddy as well, being one of your teammates very early on and, um, you know, talk about like more teammates that you had over the years and like, you know, who you got close to and who was able to help you become a better player on the field. Man, it's crazy because I now that I think about it, I played with so many great players at Hendrickson. Um, I remember my freshman year looking up to Lee Moses. He went on to play at uh, UMass Amherst and then had opportunities at Arizona Cardinals for a rookie minicamp. Um, played alongside Quiddy as well, Xavier Truss, um, all those big name guys. And then my senior class as well, we had a I think around seven, eight guys go to division one schools eventually with um, Nick Martino, Andrew Hopgood, Chris Hindle. Um, so yeah, I played a whole bunch of played, played with a whole bunch of guys and played a whole played against a whole bunch of guys onward in college level as well. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, uh, obviously, you know, there was a bunch of championships for you guys. I believe you had three over the course of your years at Hendrickson. And, um, you know, obviously, like I said, being with, you know, as close as I am with Nick and Tom, you know, I've seen a few of those. I've been able to be, you know, at those games and that those moments, you know, seem very surreal on the moment like, in those moments on the field. And, um, you know, just talk about like your success, like what it was like over the years being a part of those teams and like how you were able to contribute. Uh, yeah, so I just accepted my, my role early on. Um, I just wanted to be on the field as early as possible. So when I was a sophomore, um, I was at the little summer workouts trying to go on the seven on seven teams and I went from the older guys like Lee and Power King and all those guys. Um, once those guys graduated, I knew how to step up and um, be a bigger role in that defense and um, try to establish myself as a lockdown corner. Um, so um, at Hendrickson, it was just weird because we didn't lose that many games. So it was, it was kind of, we had to play that fine line of trying to motivate each other and trying to find more. Um, so I think in, at Hendrickson, I only lost two games, which was my freshman year and then sophomore year, we lost a close one to LaSalle at Hendrickson. And from there on on, we kept on winning, but there's a certain standard set. Um, there'd be games where we'd blow an appointment out and coach Croft would still be on us and telling us all the things that we did bad. And um, if we, there was no easy ride at Hendrickson. I mean, if it was a close game, it was kind of unexpected and um, it'd be treated it like it was a loss. So um, I think that was good for me in my development because I knew there's always a certain point that we could always do more and we could always do better. So. Yeah. And you mentioned like, again, like all the success you've had, like so many winning seasons, barely really losing. I mean, obviously there's a lot of memorable moments that come with that. Um, if you can think of like a few or something that really sticks in your head to this day, like one of your most memorable moments playing for Hendrickson. Um, I'd probably say one of the most, most memorable moments is um, junior year. We played at LaSalle. 
that, that game was, um, it was packed. I remember it was sold out. Um, I, I remember my dad got there late and he was recording from outside the gate and stuff. Um, we ended up beating them pretty good. That was a team, that LaSalle team had a lot of hype um, going in. They had a lot of great players and like CJ Waite, um, Avian Pay and all those top guys. And um, the media made it satisfy their year. So um, we took that kind of personal. We went into their house and beat them up pretty good. Um, ended up getting a punt return and I was on the front of the pro job. So back then that was big for me because that was the most publicity I ever gotten. Um, seeing myself on the front cover of Providence Journal. So um, yeah, I'd say that was the most memorable. And then all the championships, obviously, and just enjoying that moment with our brothers that we put so much work work in. And every championship, every championship isn't easy. So um, being able to realize that success and um, go through it is something that. I always memorize and have all these plaques up and I still look back at them and remember all those memories from those teams. Yeah, for sure. And you talk about, uh, you know, like that publicity, like you being on the front cover of the Projo and everything else, you're kind of like your first taste of that media. Um, we'll get into that more again with Merrimack, how you were able to, you know, transition into the, um, you know, media and the press and all that kind of uh, stuff like that. But um, as far as like your favorite part of playing at Hendrickson, you know, outside of, you know, obviously the championships and those winning seasons are always memorable, like you mentioned, but uh, something else that you could think of that, you know, that was your favorite part, you know, of being a part of Hendrickson. Um, just the bond, the brotherhood. I mean, I've met so many great people and built so many great connections through Hendrickson. Um, so that's another part of me that I always take and I'm proud and thankful of for going there. Um, another memorable moment is also was a volleyball player at Hendrickson and um, was two-time All-Stater there. So that was, I enjoyed that. And that was something that I just picked up alongside just playing in gym class. And then I developed a quick passion for that. So um, building connections in both volleyball and football and Hendrickson as a whole as a community is something that I'm very grateful for. Did you ever think of, uh, you know, playing both sports at the college level or was it just mainly football, just getting your name out there for that? Um, a little bit. I played one club year in volleyball. Um, after my junior year, I had a pretty good season. And then, um, I mean, it was just a different whole whole new beast once I started playing club because there's guys that are just 6'4", 6'5", yeah. <laughs> just spiking the ball on you. And then that's when I realized quick, I was like, nah, I'm just going to stick to football and uh, stick to what I've known and grown into. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like we said, uh, three state championships over the years at Hendrickson, you know, and then that summer comes after your senior year. Um what like I always love to ask athletes what that process is like going into the college scene. You know, like what was the the hype around your name as far as you know college recruitment during your high school years, and um, you know what really made you uh, commit to Merrimack? Like, what was the the focal point on committing there? Yeah, um, coming out of high school, I didn't really have that much attention. I mean, there was a lot of D three schools around the area, like the South Virginia's, UMass Dartmouth, and all those great schools around. Um, uh, I only went on three visits, and that was to URI, Merrimack, and then Assumption College at the time. Um, actually, did end up getting no offers from any of those schools. I was offered a PWO from URI, and then by the time I got to Merrimack, um, they're they're a D two at the time, so their scholarship money was a lot less. So um, they didn't have that much money, so they offered me another PWO spot and enroll as a regular student. And um, I just, when I went on my visit, I just felt the love there and it was close knit family. It wasn't too far. It wasn't too close. And I saw they were making some great improvements on campus and they, they um, pitched out the idea that they might be moving up to division one in my time there. So um, I just loved it there. I mean, the coach, he didn't never treated me like a, never treated me like a walk on. I mean, he said, I'll have the opportunity to play, but he was pretty honest with me. He said, 
it's gonna be a lot of work. I mean, so um, don't just get, don't get discouraged and then just keep on going. And so I stuck with it and it played out pretty well for me. So yeah, like Thank you me. said, you yeah for sure you were like you said you were a preferred walk on you know coming in. Um, and my main question that I really wanted to ask you was how did you you know get up in the depth chart? Like how did you you know really work your way up in that? Uh, over the years and did that come like quick or was it kind of like a process where like you know it took about a year and then you kind of had to you know work your way in yeah it was it was I'd say a little bit of both it was a process and it did come up pretty quick I mean I look at the depth chart my first practice I was at the bottom of eight corners so um, I knew I had to find a quick way to get on the field so I was going into practices during that camp only getting like two reps a team period so throughout that whole day I'm just doing individual drills um, I had to focus on the one-on-ones because I knew that's when I could separate myself and show them I can play in our man-to-man defense. Um, so by the fifth game of my freshman year, I was able to get into a game. And then it was actually that next next week, I in the hotel lobby of breakfast, my coach told me on game day, he was like, you're going to start. And I was like, okay. So um, <laughs> I, ended up, <laughs> I ended up playing the last four games of my freshman year. Um, had a little bit of injuries going into my sophomore year, so I missed that out. Um, and then COVID happened, and then that's when I really got better. I mean, I was able to just focus on the stuff that I knew I had to um, get better in order to play on that next level. So um, so COVID happened, and that's when I saw that next big jump that I needed. So. Yeah, and going back again to that freshman year where, uh, you know, you were, again, you said like eight corners down in the depth chart, you know, and then you, you got a few more reps in, and then, coach says, all right, you're going to start today. You know, what was that feeling like once you got that news and, uh, you know, your first moment stepping onto the field uh, before getting the start, but getting into your first game, like what was that moment like for you? Uh, getting to my first, I mean, I didn't play any corner reps, but I was able to break the depth chart on special teams. So I was out there on kickoff, kick return and punt and punt return. So, um, I mean, that was the ticket to the field is getting, making an impact on special teams because I mean, not a lot of people take that seriously. Um, so as a freshman coming in and showing that I'm doing that, it's not just, it's, it's my only play. So I'm going to go hundred percent in that. So that when I got out on that field, in that first kickoff and I ran down the field, I didn't even make a play. It might've been like a touchback or something, but mm-hmm. it just felt great. It was like, all right, I'm here now and let's keep on going. So, um, after that, I was able to change that special teams role and then break the starting lineup. So. Right. And like I asked you before, uh, from the middle school to high school level, how much of a difference did you see from high school to now college, you know, like, right. You know, once you started playing a little bit more after that freshman year and you really got like true reps, like what did you see as far as, you know, pace of the game, you know, how the game is, is played again, like the uh, style of the game, anything different in your eyes from that perspective? Yeah, for me, I mean, it took a while for me to adjust to the speed, the speed of the game. Definitely. I mean, a lot of the receivers are a lot faster, um, a lot bigger, a lot quicker. Um, and they have a great connection with the quarterbacks as well. Um, I saw a lot of back shoulder balls, which is something that you don't see a lot in high school football, especially when I was playing in Rhode Island. I'd say at least two, three years to get used to, um, to be fully confident and comfortable to at that speed. Yeah, and you mentioned your sophomore year too. You had an injury, so you didn't have, you know, the capability of playing that season. But, you know, what was that injury? What happened? What caused it? And, you know, what was that process like? Uh, yeah, so it happened about – two days before our first game we were doing one-on-ones and I just it was just freak accident I was just breaking on the ball trying to dive to it and had a fracture in my left ankle um I ended up sitting out that whole year and then um just try to find a way to turn that negative into a positive so I got a whole lot stronger in my upper body and then um that's when I first realized 
um, that you have to take into account of being a whole athlete, which comes to nutrition, um, your rehab and strength and conditioning. So after that, I realized that I needed to do extra stuff like preventive wise with prehab in order to stop those little, little injuries from happening. And um, that's when I enjoyed it and like learned that process of rehab because I never got hurt before that. Yeah. How did that next year start off for you? Like, were you getting the minutes you thought you deserved? And like, was it kind of like, uh, you know, regaining what you had your freshman year? Yeah, I was, I was trying to, a lot of it was just knocking off the rust. Um, I was into like a nickel and dime roll. Um, so I was in some sub packages and then I was starting on all special teams as well. But I knew that where where I was as an athlete wasn't top of the line. So I wasn't, I didn't feel deserving on my part in order to be a starter at that point. So I knew I had some work to do. Yeah. And you talked about it earlier too, about how COVID hit, you know, during that, uh, in the next year, you know, and everything like that, you know, how, how hard was that for you as an athlete, you know, coming up off an injury and then trying to regain that, you know, stability and the, the player that you were before the injury and everything like that. And then COVID hits, like, what was that, uh, you know, what was your mindset like at that time? Uh, it was just tough because I, as an athlete, I just wanted to play football and just getting back to normal routines. But um, I think that was a blessing in disguise as well, because like I said earlier, I was able to really focus on all the little things that I was missing um, in my training. So um, that's when I made the biggest jump and then unlocking more potential. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And what would you say the hardest part of your journey has been, you know, so far throughout your playing career? Um, the hardest part I feel like is just doing what you've been doing and staying consistent with the work. Um, cause as an athlete, it's a little tough because you are working, I mean, whole year round. So, um, in order to keep on, keep on that, that young drive and passion that you had as a young child, I mean, it gets tough when you get older, but then there's also things further down the line that you can see and picture yourself as doing. So um, I'd say the toughest part was just going through all that adversity and just trying to keep on telling yourself to keep on going and you have dreams and goals. So just keep on working for them. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the last season that you had at Merrimack or one of the last seasons you had, you know, third on the team in pass breakups, 20 solo tackles, 27 total tackles, you know what I mean? And a pair of interceptions, you know, the game that you bring to the table is very flashy, very, you know, quick. Um, and you know, those numbers, those that like, comes with preparation and hard work, like you were mentioning. Um, but as far as, uh, like player comparison, uh, I wanted to know, I know looking at, you know, doing a little research, I know Darrell Revis is uh, your favorite corner. Um, I wanted to know if you would, you know, have a player that you would compare your game to, you know what I mean? And such like that. And, uh, if it was, if it wasn't Darrell Revis, like who would it be? Um, so I watch a whole bunch of football. I have like this weird obsession with it, but um, I like to look at all these, all like the bigger, longer stash of cornerbacks, like Pastor Tan, um, Jalen Ramsey, JC Horn, all those guys. And um, the thing that stood out to me with Darrell Revis was just because he was just a lockdown corner. I mean, he was going and competing, and that compete level is something that's very prideful in me. And I just like to go out there and compete and just show that I'm the best one on the field. So, um, I, yeah, I like to take from a lot of them, but um, if I had compared myself to one, I actually honestly couldn't tell you, but it'd be more of a mold of a man corner that just likes to travel and um, plays guys man to man across the board. Yeah. And have you ever had any interactions with like NFL players and, um, you know, after meeting them, like once you meet them in those moments, you're like, all right, this is definitely what I want to do with the rest of my life. Like play football and, and stuff like that. I mean, I know you mentioned Will Blackman with, you know, the introduction to Hendrickson, but anything else like outside of that? Um. Not that much. I mean, there's a bunch of professional guys that I've played 
alongside with and trained with in Rhode Island, like um, Tino Cooper and Joseph Putu. They're in the USFL and CFL. And then obviously my good friend Quiddy's in the NFL as well. Um, Kenny Yabo, I played with him in North Providence Jets. So, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that are just in our backyard that um, got to that next level. And I'm, yeah, I'm trying to be just like them. Yeah. And like I was mentioning before about like the numbers that you had uh, in the previous years, like what do those numbers mean to you? What do those accolades mean to you at the end of the day? You know, uh, looking back at it. Um, looking back at it, I mean, I like, I like to see them, but the biggest thing for me is just, I just like to see good consistent play and watch myself on tape and be comfortable and see myself on tape and be like, wow, that's how I want to, that's how I want to play. Um, so the numbers are cool and all that, but then there's also as a cornerback, there's times where you might not get a ball thrown at you. So they could be deceiving as well. So, um, game film to me and how you're playing and making plays at the biggest moments is what uh, means the most to me. Right. And like going along, you know, your career path, your last season just happened. And uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, like how close I am with uh, Nick and Tom Camello, you were able to share the field with them uh, in a matchup against Stonehill. You guys were now, uh, you know, division one teams uh, and programs and stuff like that. What was it like to, uh, you know, collab with them on the field and be able to play with them uh, one last time or up against them one last time? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I remember the first time I saw um, Nick and Tom on the field, I was trying to t tackle Nick and then <laughs> Tom was running down on special teams. Um, I also saw Cam Alves as well. I was matched up with him a couple of times and great player as well. And he, that was the guy that I, I faced majorly. And it, it felt pretty cool because during COVID, um, well, around that COVID time, we're doing a lot of work together and doing one-on-one. So to finally put on the pads and play and compete against a guy like Cam and Tom and Nick, all, all those guys, with those Rhode Island connections, it felt good. Yeah, and how'd that season pan out for you guys? You know, what was it like to give a final farewell to your team? Good. I mean, I was honored to be invited to team captain, which meant a whole lot to me. Um, that they entrusted me in my leadership, and they showed all my teammates showed me a lot um, in learning how to be a leader and all that. But um, we ended up finishing eight and three. Um, we were six and one in conference, and ended up um, we're undefeated in conference to the last game, so it was actually our championship. And um, it was, we tied the best record in Merrimack history for football. So uh, to go out as a senior and as a captain and see um, all the work that we've done in the past finally get um, rewarded on our way out, it felt, it felt very great. And um, I was glad to see that and be a part of it. Yeah, most definitely. And now that brings us to the current day, which is coming up soon. You know, the NFL draft, you know, what have these last few months been in preparation for the draft? You know, getting yourself in the best physical form and uh, everything like that, mindset, everything that goes along with it, what has that process been like for you so far? Yeah, I mean, everything's been great. I mean, I've been overly focused on task at hand, which is the pro day um, at the end of March. Um, so we've just been training since the beginning of the year, basically. I'm with um, Ethos Sports Performance. Um, it's ran by Wayne Wayne Gray and Tim Swenson down in Warwick, Rhode Island. We work out of Team Rockstar Gym. Um, so I've been working with Wayne since I was – 14 years old he was my second I was his second I was his second client basically so um, he's seen the jump for me as a little kid to where I'm right now so I'm just sticking with the main thing sticking with him um uh so we've been working since January and taking a whole lot of reps just uh, focusing on the pro agility 40 yard dash getting stronger um bench press broad jump vertical jump all that stuff so just focus on getting stronger bigger and faster and um yeah, I mean, just keep on going. Yeah, what's been going through your head uh, kind of off the field and off those, like, workouts? Like, uh, um, does it ever – you ever think about, like, what it would be like if your name is called on draft day or, what you know, if you're signed to a team? Like, what is that what, – what's your, like, headspace kind of been like these past few months? 
Uh, my headspace actually just been keeping it day by day. Um, so keeping it day by day, not realizing or focusing on the end result, just um, just keep on day and day building building up to that day. Because um, I want to squeeze out every opportunity I have in training, um, just so I can look back and say that I have no regrets in my training and what I've done. Um, but yeah, it is cool to think about of where my life could be in a couple months. But I mean, I, I also have to understand it's a process and it's a tough one. So um, just keeping my keeping my head straight and staying in the lane and staying focused is uh, what I've been what I've been prioritizing. Yeah, for sure. And have you been, you know, in contact with Quiddy and the guys that you know at the professional level to, you know, kind of figure out, you know, more ways to get your name out there and more ways to get better just as a player? Yeah, I mean, I've been talking to former teammates, Merrimack. We've had a bunch of teammates play on the professional level. So um, those guys have been a great help to me. And then, yeah, I've talked to Quiddy as well and all the other guys that I mentioned earlier. Um, they just, just tell me to keep on going, keep grinding. Um, it's a tough process mentally and physically, but uh, the rewards are, are what is pretty good as well. So just he, what they say is basically the same thing. Stay, stay, stay true to yourself and keep on going and we'll see. Definitely. Anthony, I appreciate you hopping on the podcast. You know, that kind of wraps up all the questions I had for you. Uh, I just wanted to get your final thoughts on what you thought of camp's corner and who much you want to see in the future as a guest. I've been trying to get Quiddy. I know that was a you know, huge process during the season, but who much you want to see come alongside and what'd you think of the podcast? Um, I loved it, man. I mean, keep doing your thing, especially from Rhode Island. I, I always support the guys coming from Rhode Island doing little things like this. So actually big things like this. So keep on doing what you're doing. Um, I've seen that you've had a bunch of the people that I was going to ask to get on podcasts in the past, like uh, Jamie DeCesare from Merrimack, um, Tom and Nick, Angel Sanchez. So yeah, I mean, I guess Quiddy Pay would be the next one, next big one <laughs> to get on here. Yeah, definitely. Definitely got to be in talks and try to get that done. But uh, like I said, this episode will be out next week. I'll be in contact with you and I'll let you know when it's all out. So you can share it if you want, share it to your family, your friends and everybody out there on the on social media following along on your journey. All right, man, I appreciate it. I'll be Like I said, I'll be in contact and uh, yeah, we'll be in touch for sure. Okay, thank you. No problem, man.